Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, October 21st, 2022. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? My name is Quinn and this is my show. I am the producer, writer, copywriter, editor, all that good stuff of the Beantown Podcast now streaming across Beantown Networks. And I was thinking the other day, because I was actually on BeantownPodcast.com as we're getting ready for some merch drops uh, in the near future here. I promise it's uh, it's on my mind. It's it's not ready to go yet, but we put out a uh, design. In case you missed it, we put out our, our second design. Uh, you could probably find it still on my, my personal Facebook page. Um, I'll, I'll try to put it on the website as well, but it's uh, we're, we're going to have some T-shirts coming just in time for the holidays, I'm hoping. But uh, I, I did not forget about our Right on Cue news segments. We haven't had a new, a new episode since maybe August or something like that, but I promise it's, uh, it's going to come back. It's just uh, podcast is not, not the top, top thing in my life right now, but I, I keep it going. And this is episode 249. For you all the fans, we are we are one episode away, one week away from hitting the quarter of a thousand mark. Can you imagine in 15 years or whatever when I'm in my uh, early 40s and we have the 1,000th Beantown Podcast extravaganza? It's going to be crazy. Me and my two listeners are going to go nuts. Listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one was podcast objectively terrible. Number two uh, will occasionally some foul language. I think I got that mixed up. That's okay. Hello to my friends in Pakistan. A quick Pakistan story. Maybe you know him. My friend uh, Mehdi, who I went to college with, we were... Uh, well, he, he was an orientation leader the year before I was an orientation leader. But then a couple of my friends who were orientation leaders were his roommates for like a year, I think. And I just kind of met him through them, and we're still connected on social media and stuff. Shout out to Mehdi. He's a, a flight attendant for American, I think. I hope I'm not messing that up. But he, uh, I don't know if his Instagram's private or not, but last night or like yesterday into the day before, I think, he was in Pakistan, which might be where his family is originally from. I don't really know. I'm not sure why he's there. I don't talk to him that much. But he's a good guy. I had my first ever el- ever alcoholic beverage in his apartment, believe it or not. A uh, a tequila sunrise without the, uh, whatever the third thing is, the kind of flashy extra part, grenadine. Is that what goes in a tequila sunrise? It's basically a screwdriver, but with tequila. Um, he was in Pak. He's maybe still in Pakistan. He was supposed to have some sort of dinky little hour and a half flight in country domestic um, and instead had to drive. And I think he said on his Instagram is a difference of like an hour and a half flight versus 14 hours driving because it's just, he's in like, you look at a map of Pakistan and you know, when most people think of Pakistan, they think of like India and Afghanistan and kind of down around the, uh, the, uh, Indian ocean there, but you go all the way up to the tiny little finger at the top, you get around like your Tajikistans and your Kyrgyzstans and your Turkmenistans and your Jainas. It is just giant mountains. What do they call it? The Hindu Kush. Uh, and just, you know, really beautiful, but also extremely rugged. And, uh, I, I commented on his, you know, video the other day. I was like, looks a little remote. And he said, it's, yeah, it's a little remote. 
Um, but he, so he took some sort of 14 hour road trip to the Hindu Kush of Pakistan and is, you know, somewhere on the crazy border of like Pakistan and Tajikistan. I don't even know if those two border. Let's pull up a map real quick. The map heads will love this. Let's see. So you get up to Islamabad, which is way up north in the uh, Kashmir region. Good Led Zeppelin song. It looks like it just barely gets cut off, although I I feel like this is one of those things where, because it's in the dotted lines on Google Maps, so all this stuff is kind of disputed. It looks like Afghanistan claims to be touching China, which, speaking of China, you ever look at Western China? It's just crazy. It's literally like Canada. It's we you know we know China we know how many people are there, but there's also just like this gigantic expanse of land that's kind of mountainous. It's just the the whole western part of China. It's like the middle of Australia. There's literally nothing there. It's crazy. But back to Pakistan, it looks like Afghanistan claims to cut it off, so Pakistan doesn't actually border Tajikistan, but it's very close. I mean, this must be some sort of mountain valley or something. It can't be more than uh, 10 miles. Be, uh, that Afghanistan has this tiny little finger going through there. Anyways, good stuff. You're, you got to check it out on a map. This stuff is crazy remote and beautiful. Um, I wanted to... Well, we're going to do two things on, on the show today, and it's not going to be a terribly long episode. Um, we're going to check in on our Real Housewives for the first time, and I'm going to try to do better about what we've always done, which is check in on them every week. I have, we have three episodes of Real House of, of Salt Lake City that we have not touched upon. Uh, they, they are airing Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. currently. I don't know if that's going to change because Beverly Hills ends this upcoming Wednesday. But I don't know. We'll see. And then we're going to do a quick segment. Just uh, one of those segments where I just you know had some things written down in my phone and I kind of got to a point collectively where it's like there's enough for a segment there, so let's put it out there. I think it was a lot of like driving thoughts uh, when I was on my my road trip in Minneapolis and Wisconsin and Illinois about three to four weeks ago, and that's gonna that segment's gonna be called Things I Love. And before we go any further, I mentioned to Rachel before she left for the gym uh, a couple minutes ago that that we were going to be doing this segment. She says, "Hmm, I better be on there." And I said, "Yes, absolutely." You're number one. You're featured, of course. So I'll give you a little, uh, we'll just do number one right now. It's my hot GF, Rachie. And I think she'll appreciate that shout out. But back to Real Housewives. So I'm not, I'm not going off of any notes here. I'm just, uh, which is maybe a mistake. I'm just going to kind of, let's set the scene for season three here. By the way, we got a glass of Canadian whiskey and a uh, Sam Adams Boston lager. And we're having wine after this. So I'm really hitting all three. I was really, you know, normally I would just go for the whiskey and save the beer. But I was really in a brewery mood. I think ever since, you know, two weeks ago, uh, I went, two weeks ago, it was crazy. It was before that YouTube stream we did. I went to a new brewery by myself because Rachel was gone. So I had an open Friday night, which is like, happens like once or twice a year, honestly. Um, Or it feels like that. And so I went to uh, Burning Bush Brewery, which was like a you know two mi- two mile walk from here, and I, you know it's one of those things where I hadn't eaten much and I had like three beers, so I wasn't completely slosh, but I was you know starting to feel a little jolly. 
And ever since then, excuse me, and just this fall in general, I've been drinking more beer than I than I should. Um, and you know, I'm it is what it is. I'm just trying to enjoy it. I'm not just you know sitting there on a random Tuesday night just like throwing back three beers just because it's fun. I'm like trying to trying to try new things, go to breweries. I love the, those vibes. But I did that, and ever since then, I've just been in a brewery mood. I'm literally thinking tomorrow, like we're taking the dog to a pumpkin patch. And I'm, I'm already thinking, like, oh, is there a brewery nearby? Um, which I don't know if there is. I don't know which patch we're going to. These things are all up in the air. Um, I'm also, before we dive into Real Hasos here, I'm also still on the tail end of this sickness. We recorded last Sunday, um, and I was right smack dab in the middle of it. We had just gotten back from New York. It was a long travel day. Um, I'm feeling, you know, mentally I'm pretty much good, uh, but I'm still blowing my nose a little bit and we're still getting like, uh, you know, it's not just like the clear stuff. We're getting some, getting some chunks coming out and I'm actually about to do that for a hot second. I'm going to pause and I'm going to come right back. That was a good blow. And it's one of those things, uh, I've especially noticed it today. I only had, I guess, like two calls basically, but, um, it starts to affect your like ability to talk and enunciate clearly because uh, you're just like so it feels like you're two miles inside your own head. But uh, I think we're, you know, my colds last a week. I came down with this one like I knew it was coming when I was flying to New York last Thursday night. And this is eight days later. So I'm like, this is OK. What's compounded it. And we talked about this last week was the uh, headaches I'm having after the dental work. But those are, it's very slow progress, but it's, I know it's getting better. Um, it's, it's definitely in better shape than it was, but it's, it's not hundred percent, nor is it close to hundred percent yet, which is frustrating, but it is what it is trying to get off pills, uh, for sure. Uh, but last week was a lower energy episode, which sometimes that happens on the Beantown podcast. Thanks for sticking with it. And I hope you learned something about Togo. And in the similar vein, there is a uh, question about this this uh, sled dog has his own statue in, in uh, Central Park today on Jeopardy, and we we nailed that. Rachel's gotten into Jeopardy uh, last couple weeks, and uh, we've been watching it together. It's a lot of fun. She'll get some right, I'll get some right, and uh, and neither one of us got Final Jeopardy today. But I nailed Final Jeopardy yesterday, uh, which will just give you the clue live on air. Then we'll talk housewives. I promise. Uh, it was a very straightforward question. It was just international borders. And it was, uh, if you know Asian geography, it was pretty straightforward. But um, because there's two obvious ones and then one kind of, you got to use your head a little bit. But it was named two of the three countries that share land borders with both China and Russia. So again, it was name two of the three, so there's three total countries in the world that share land borders with both China and Russia. Okay, so there's a question. If you need more time, pause the show. But I'll, I'll tell you, the obvious one is Mongolia. Like, that's what Mongolia is known for. For me, the other obvious one was North Korea. Even though it's a very short border, North Korea and uh, Russia, it's just kind of like, once you learn that fact, you just kind of know it. You know, it's it's like, I don't know, 100 miles from Vladivostok or something. I don't think there's a lot going on out there. Um around that border but uh you know it is what it is and then the third one i i got it and then i was starting to like get too far into my head i knew i had the question right um 
I would have put Mongolia North Korea if I was uh, at the lector. But I was like, I'm pretty sure Kazakhstan does because I'm pretty sure like Kazakhstan and Mongolia almost touch. And that would mean that, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a, you know, locked in. Speaking of this almost touch thing, and then we're going to be done with maps today, I promise. They literally are, as the crow flies, about 30 miles from touching. Uh, that's crazy. Russia and uh, China just barely seal them off. But I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Kazakhstan because Kazakhstan is huge. But then I was like, maybe, maybe it gets cut off in the southeast by like Tajikistan, and that's actually what it is. But or uh, Uzbekistan actually is what I was saying, but not to be. So again, your three answers are Kazakhstan, Mongolia, and North Korea. Okay. Let's jump into Real Houses of Salt Lake City, and I'm not going to go on and on and on about this um, because I'm going off the top of my head from what I remember. To recap where we left off at the end of Season 2, there were seven housewives of Real Real Housewives of Salt Lake City in Season 2. There were six in Season 1. So going back all the way to Season 1, just so, just so we're all on the same page. So remember who we're talking about here, because I recognize that everyone watches the show like I do. So I'm trying to paint a picture for you. So you have, uh, let's see, where do we start? We'll start with the, the brunettes. You have Meredith Marks. <clears throat> she uh, has a lot of Botox, and each season is just getting more and more to where you can't tell her, you know, how she's feeling based off of the faces she makes. She is an alum, uh, an attorney alum of Loyola Law here in Chicago. She is known for uh, uh, her kind of droning voice and her catchphrase is basically I'm disengaging from this conversation and from the drama. And uh, her husband is Seth Marks and he's kind of a creep. And they uh, kind of go back and forth on whether they're together or not. But nowadays, by the time you get to season three, they're pretty much together. They have a son, Brooks, and another daughter and stuff. But Brooks Brooks was on the show a lot in season one, season two. And he's going to finally be on episode four of season three. That's Meredith Marks. Then you have Lisa Barlow. She is like, you know, 5'5", five, five, 85 pounds, um, and drinks a lot of Diet Coke, claims that she only eats fast food. It's hard to believe because she's skinny, uh, crazy skinny. She has two sons. They have their own, like, product slash brand called Fresh Wolf. It's basically like Axe for young boys. Um, they're, like, teenagers. Uh, like, in, one's in high school, one's probably in middle school. Her husband is John. He's adopted. He seems like easily the best husband uh out of out of this bunch i think personally okay then you have the one that gets the headlines miss jen shaw who is uh tongan and uh very kind of scary looking at times it has some very wild fashion she's known for her shaw squad which are her quote assistants who have mostly now been indicted uh and charged um, and taking plea deals in this whole Jen Shah case. And uh, she's married to uh, Sharif Shah, who is the defensive backs coach at the University of Utah, um, which is just funny to me because every single time I check in on, on a Utah game, uh, they give up like 42 points. And it's like, is this just what the Pac-12 is, or is Sharif Shah like low-key a terrible defensive backs coach? Um, he's also an attorney. 
Okay, then you have the two blondes. Uh, you have Heather Gay, whose main storyline throughout the last two years has basically been she used to be Mormon, and now she's not, and she's dealing with those feelings. She has a couple daughters. Her oldest one was like applying to colleges and getting into colleges last season, season two. Now she's away at college. Um, Heather has never had a romantic interest of any sort shown on camera through two seasons and three episodes. Um, she had a date with a guy named Big Daddy. It was like a group date, though, in season two. And he was just so nice and so kind. And she, I think she was just really, like, horny on that date. And she was like, let's hook up uh, internally. And that's not what, not, not the vibes he was giving off. He was asking for, like, a, a water to drink. And she was, like, three tequila shots. And uh, it just didn't work out. And then you have uh, Whitney, Whitney Rose, who uh, had an original husband uh, before the show started filming, and then she ended up sleeping with her boss, uh, whatever his name is, Kyle Rose, Justin Rose, uh, who's now her husband. She has, like, three kids. Um, I think she's the youngest of the bunch. She's only in her, like, early to mid-30s. And uh, she's kind of a train wreck. She's very kind, but just when she drinks, just is has no like uh social understanding really and says a lot of shit so that's whitney now those those are kind of five in seasons one and two you might be asking well where's mary cosby where's the lady who married her grandfather um she's gone now and there was never any like big uh big hurrah or something essentially what happened she's you know she's in all of season two she just didn't come to the uh reunion taping and now she's not on the show anymore so there was one mention of her uh i think in episode one i think it, it wasn't like a sh the show mentioned her it was like heather said something about her or something but she's just gone uh, which is which is tough mary actually mary i think is like a very terrible person and dangerous but she provided a lot of comedic relief because she was just so um just mentally like adrift uh there would be like full-fledged conversations going on in a room with all the ladies and then she would just be like doing something else and you'd be like Mary are you like part of this group what's going on and it she's terrible uh but that would happen and occasionally you'd get glimpses in, into one of her closets she's just one of those people who's like head of the church and makes way too much money and has like six houses and you're like what something's not adding up with the taxes or something here so rest in peace to Mary. Uh, definitely miss her uh, because this season there's there's only five. And I could definitely use some of that just kind of, I guess I would call it like quiet chaos that she brings. Uh, she's just kind of nuts. And then uh, finally, uh, a final rest in peace to Jenny who lasted one season. She was Vietnamese. They were really trying to branch out and get the diversity stuff going. And uh Mary's gone, and now Jenny's gone. Jenny said some very offensive uh, Trump-related things. I don't even remember exactly what it was. She was kind of terrible. I wanted to like her at first. Um, and her storyline last season was basically her husband, who's a physical therapist or a chiropractor, um, like wanted more kids, but she was already like 40-something and had three kids, and her youngest was already like 10 or something. And he, her husband, Dewey, was like, maybe we get a sister wife. It was just like a quick little soundbite, and that became her whole storyline. And she was just really 
I hate to say this because she can't control it, but I just really couldn't stand her voice. It it was like nails on the chalkboard to me. Um, I don't know what. I don't know what it was about her exactly, but anytime she talked, even in the group, it was like she was really trying to like dig in and stick up for herself and establish herself. And she just had to be, had to be liked, had to be heard. And I just got really tired of it over the course of season two. So I really do not miss Jenny at all. Uh, She was quietly fired in the off season, essentially. So we're back to five Uh, to start season three here. That catches you up. Again, we have Whitney. Uh, we have uh, Heather, who are they? They just say we're, we're you know we're cousins in the show, um, but they didn't find out until like the show started. So I'm thinking they're like third cousins, and they just used cousins as a colloquial term. Uh, so Whitney, Heather, Meredith, Lisa, and Jen, and Jen Shaw. We'll start there, I guess. So the one of the greatest housewife moments in history. Season two, the cameras were rolling, essentially, more or less, while Jen Shaw got arrested. Um, if you don't know the full story, I'm just going to leave that up to you to, to read about. But essentially, no one really understood what her business was. And more or less, what she's doing is selling products over the phone, fake products, imaginary products, uh, with her Shaw squad, including, including Stuart Smith, a.k.a. Stu Chains her first assistant, um, who got a lot of airtime on seasons one and two, uh, she was uh, selling products and then not, they were not, you know, non-existent. They weren't delivered, whatever, primarily to elderly people. So the feds busted her for fraud, uh, you know, wire fraud, you know, what, all that, all that good stuff. I'm not a, not an attorney. And over the course of the Last couple of months, I guess, leading up to the start of this show and while they were taping, um, more and more people that, because there's like six or seven or something, including Jen and Stu Chains, who were indicted on this and arrested and all that stuff, they started to take the plea deals. Uh, It started to be, the the group was getting smaller and eventually Jen Shaw was the only one who had not taken a plea deal and was planning to take this to trial. So that's kind of where things pick up. At the start of season three, you know, we've gone through the first three episodes and she's still planning to go to trial. And to clue you in, you know, in October of 2022, not when they're actually filming, but what's actually happening in real life right now, she has since taken a plea deal. She was the last one. It was the last day that she possibly could have taken it. Um, Doesn't mean she's going to serve less time than she would if she would have gone to trial, almost certainly. But because she was the last one, she didn't have anything left to give them. Uh, I think Jen Shaw is still going to do at least like, I, I think she's going to get sentenced to like three or four years. And then I think she's legit going to do at least like a year and a half to two years uh, before she gets out for good behavior or whatever, you know, whatever they do with that stuff. So I think her sentencing is soon. I think it's, let's, let's try to get the, they keep pushing this uh, stuff back which is frustrating to try to keep track of. Um, let's see when it was, because I thought it was like early November or something. Let's see. Yep. It, the first article says it's her uh, sentence been postponed. Maybe it's not till March or something. Um, okay. Thursday, this was four weeks ago. 
The attorney filed a letter requesting Shaw's sentencing be moved from November 18th to December 15th due to scheduling uh, conflict. Ironically, December 15th is Shaw's close friend Meredith Mark's birthday. Okay, so uh, the latest update we have so far as I can tell is December 15th. Okay. And also, I think we mentioned this last week, but BravoCon was happening in New York City while we were there last weekend. And Andy Cohen basically said, without actually saying it, that Jen is fired, um, which is crazy. Um, Like, we can very, we are very likely seeing the last of, like, Jen Shaw on our airwaves, at least in this uh, platform. So savor it while you're watching it. So that's Jen Shaw. Um, And episode one, kind of the big thing was she threw a 51st birthday party for Sharif Shah, again, her husband, the uh, football coach. There was a lot of dancing. It was kind of 20s themed, a lot of good fedoras. I told Rachel, I want that one. She said, no, you're crazy. So that's that's what episode one basically was. The other thing we really got to check in on, and we're almost done with this, I promise, is Towards the end of season two, there's a big girls trip, and I don't remember what was going on, but basically Lisa totally freaked out. She thought her mic was off. She was behind closed doors by herself, and she went totally ballistic, like absolutely nuclear on Meredith, who the perception has always been that they're close friends. And I think they both felt that they were close friends. And she just said some very like nasty things about Meredith, uh, mostly untrue. And that's kind of the tension, the drama that they're, they're you know, coasting on going into uh, season three here. And so throughout the first three episodes, the two of them are still working on that. It's definitely awkward. Um, Lisa's not doing a great job at taking responsibility. Meredith is kind of being a pain in the ass. And now there's some retaliation going on. The next big drama uh, happening is that they're on a girls' trip in Arizona, the five of them. And basically, they're drumming up room. Like Meredith is drumming up rumors in her kind of snaky little way that Lisa has potentially performed sexual favors with people in power in order to promote her tequila brand, Vita Tequila, including potentially giving a blowjob in order to receive courtside tickets to a Utah jazz game, which I don't really know how that fits into the whole promoting the tequila brand uh, storyline, but that's something that's been said. And the next level of drama that came into this is that Meredith kind of shared that with Whitney. Whitney said she's also kind of heard it. But then basically... Very late night in Arizona on the girls' trip, Whitney gets really drunk, as she is often does, and she said something and then was like, well, yeah, Meredith told me, and then Meredith was like, I'm disengaging, and Lisa was freaking out, and then then Whitney was like, well, Heather heard it too, and then Heather freaked out, because Heather was like, I did not, and Whitney was like, no, you definitely did, and, and Heather was like, you are a liar, and so now... Whitney and Heather, who are, again, cousins of some level and are, like, total besties in the show, things are icy between them, which is definitely, like, an unexpected twist that's not supposed to happen uh, between those two. And it's amplified because there's only five girls to focus on. And so you got Jen Shaw with her own shit. You got Lisa and Meredith going kind of... They're in better better shape right now. But then all you have left is is Heather and Whitney, and so it's like... Or uh, uh, 
Yeah, right. Heather, Heather Gay, Winnie Rose. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is uh, the magnifying glass is on them. The microscope is on them. Uh, other things to note, I guess there's not that much going on. We haven't we haven't really seen any beauty lab stuff from uh, Heather, which is what she's really known for. Uh, Whitney's going through some like childhood abuse trauma, connecting with some uh, some relatives kind of stuff. Um we haven't really seen much of the husbands. We got them a little bit in episode one with Seth and John and Justin and Sharif and whoever else I'm missing. Uh, oh, that's it. There's just four husbands. That's the thing, too. There's only four husbands on this show now. We won't get any more Dewey. And we won't get any more of uh, whatever Mary Cosby's grandpa's name was slash husband Robert, I think. Robert Cosby. Bob Cosby. And that's pretty much where we are. I believe the girls' trip is wrapping up. So we've had three episodes. The first one was a party next to her girls' trip in Arizona. I think the girls' trip is pretty much over. And uh, that gets you caught up. Season three of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City airs Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Central. If you don't have a good link or if you don't pay for cable... Uh, you don't get Bravo, let me know, because I, I can usually find a pretty solid, consistent link. So I'll get that your way. This would be a good time to quickly hear from our sponsors before we wrap the show with things I love. It's a nice, tight episode. This is good for 249 Let's hope 250 can live up to the expectations. Maybe we'll have tales from the pumpkin patch. Uh, when you need your home inspecting in Central Oregon, guys, you got to call someone who's safe and certified, someone that you trust. Call the experts at Home Pride Oregon, 541-410-0316, or visit homeprideoregon.com. Call Steve. Tell him Quinn sent you. Use code Q-U-I-N-N at checkout for 0% off, limited time only. Uh What's the what's the catch? Oh, uh, when uh, when God speaks, no, that's uh, that's the microphone. Home Pride Oregon inspection perfection. This is what I get for not having my notes in front of me and relying on the Sam Adams, and I have to blow my nose again. But I'm not going to. I've got it's it's that thing now that I mentioned 20 minutes ago where it's like hard to talk. Um, not because I'm just so congested, but there's just like stuff going on back there in the ear, nose, and throat. I can't really do much about it. It's okay for like day-to-day stuff. It's just harder to run a podcast like that. That's what I need to do. Unpleasant noises for 400, Alex. Also, our good friends of the Samson Q2U series. If you want crisp, clear audio quality, you got to trust the experts. Trust God. And uh, go to uh, samson.com, I think. I don't really know. I haven't really been there in a while. Uh, they've never responded. I've told them like, Hey, I'd love to partner. I read your ads, uh, that I created on the show every day and nothing. So maybe I'll reach out again. I just don't think they have much of like a customer service presence. It's, maybe it's just more of like one guy in a closet. I don't know. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. They've never even asked me about using that tagline. That's dynamite. An educated crowd would get it. And then finally, of course, our good friends, Cuts by Q. I actually gave myself a solid Cut by Q today. Nothing crazy, but uh, wanted to take care of some of the stuff on the back. And, uh, you know, the sides a little bit, the neck shave, the nether regions, all that good stuff. When you need a fresh juice, something snappy new, call the experts at Cuts by Q.
All right, we already mentioned uh, our new segment here called Things I Love, that Rachel was number one on the list, but coming in number two, and this is just kind of, these are my fleeting thoughts, fleeting, F-L-E-E-T-I-N-G. There's a lot of things I love in this world, but these were some things that I made note of, and I wanted you to know about it too. So this week's Beantown Podcast Call to Action. I'm doing my drinks here. What are some things that you love? Email us. Beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantownpodcast at yahoo.com or tweet at us at beantowncast. I'm personally at white buns with a Z. These can be things like, you know, a hug from your grandma or maybe smaller things like syrup or even smaller things like half of the syrup you had before. I don't care. It's not, it's not things that, that Quinn thinks you should love. It's things that I love. Okay. And that's, that can be true for whomever you are. So go ahead and let us know what are some things you love. I'll tell you besides Rachie, other things I love. I mentioned, I came up with this when I was driving and this is very apparent with this first thing. When the interstate splits and there's a magical forest or patch of land in between. So you got your northbound interstate, your southbound interstate or east versus west and usually they're close to each other, right? But sometimes they they split, they widen. There's a large gap between them for, I don't know, quarter mile, half a mile, two miles. It doesn't really matter. But sometimes you just get some wild space in there. And usually it's just kind of some trees or some shrubs or some grasses. But who knows? Maybe there's like a cool bird that lives in there or maybe an underground cave system. Why did they split the highway in the first place? I don't know. Sometimes they'll have it where one of the one of the directions is really high up, one of the other directions is really low. I don't know what's going on. I guess it just had to do with the topography. T O P O G R A P H Y. But that's something I love. You're always looking over there to the left and you're thinking, I wonder one, I wonder what's going on in there too. I wonder how they're doing on that other side of the road because I can't see them. So that's one thing I love. A second thing I love, constellations. When I was in uh, Wisconsin about three weeks ago with good friends of the show, Ryan, uh, Ryan Ligon and Kristen Austin English, um, I got that kind of backwards. That's okay. They won't mind. They don't listen to the show. I wish they did. Maybe they do. I don't know. Email me. Let me know. Tweet at me. Discord me. I talked to them on Discord. How cool is that? Uh, we were out taking their new pup for a walk. And we got it some good constellation action. We, we saw the Little Dipper with Polaris, uh, the North Star at the uh, end of the handle. And uh, really the only other constellation I know is Orion. But I love constellations, and I love to learn more about them. We had kind of this cool like constellation book growing up. And uh, you get some light pollution in the Rockford area. Not, not too much that's overwhelming. But compared to Chicago, I mean, I can't see shit out here. I can look up and say, I think that's Sagittarius. I think that's Ursa Minor. Hey, that looks like Justin, but I don't actually know what it is because I can't see it. So I'm not an astronomer. I'm not an astrologer. I guess constellations are kind of the overlap of those two fields, right? Speaking of astrology, I had my last class that I teach uh, on Thursday nights last night for the quarter. My TA was doing a warm-up game where you can't talk. Uh, the, the students can't talk, and you have to line up in order of your birthday. 
one end of the room goes January, other end goes December. And then after, you know, we finish, she's like, okay, so raise your hand if you're uh, Aquarius. Raise your hand if you're Cancer. Raise your hand if you're, uh, you know, uh, the other ones, Aries. And she gets through all of them, and it's like, okay, that was fun. And the one she didn't announce is Pisces, which I don't know shit about astrology, but Pisces is the one I am. So I was like, dude, where's Pisces? And she was like, I don't know. And that's the whole story. So constellations number two, we got we got three more. Number three, and I don't know if there's a – I should have looked this up. Maybe you can let us know um, if there's an official term for this. I guess, I guess there is um, – there's like three different things – you could you could call this. Um, I'm gonna. I think I know what it is. So I'm gonna call it. I wrote it down differently. I wrote it down as floodlights, but that's not the most accurate term. I think. I think searchlights um, is what I would use. I love searchlights that you know advertise something, whatever it is, like a concert or a car sale, or in like Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, you know, there, there's a, there are the two searchlights going up in the sky. Uh, that's the key here. They got to go up in the sky. That's what I love about them. Uh, when they're at the tree farm or like space jam, there's the searchlights going on advertising the big game. You just don't see that very much, but I remember growing up as a kid, I could see out of my bedroom window. I guess that, that window looked, uh, North, I think. And sometimes in the far off distance, you'd see searchlights, Two in the sky on a, on a kind of a rhythmic pattern, a rotation, kind of going back and forth. And I would always wonder, like, what are they advertising? I was trying to think, like, what is up there? I have no idea. It'd be, like, way past the mall, I think, like, way further north than that. I can't think of what there is on, like, the east side of the Rockford area that would be using searchlights. Um, but I love searchlights. And there's a Scott Joplin rag called the Searchlight Rag, which I can't sing for you because I don't actually remember how it goes right now. But that's something you could uh, you could listen to after the show here. And if I had a royalty-free, uh, you know, recording just lined up for you here, I would just play that. In fact, I'm going to. And if we get, uh, you know, if we get DMCA'd here, that's okay. But that'll that'll be our outro music. Okay, that's how we tie this back in it all connects unlike lost which was just i don't know what that was i got that queued up for you i'm going to play that for you in about five minutes here uh our penultimate item and things i love small animal prints in the cement so you pour new cement and a week later excuse me the average pedestrian pedestrian I think is what I said is walking past and you see some small animal prints or any really kind of you know animal print doesn't have to be small but more frequently you're going to be small you don't see a lot of moose tracks in the cement but you're walking and you're seeing it in the cement and it's you know it's permanent now and you're thinking what animal was that was it a small you know a pug or a sheet sheet zoo or was it a mongoose, or a baby coyote, or a bumblebee, or, you know, a blastoise, or was it just a small-footed person? I saw a guy 
on the street today with a dog while I was walking to the grocery store. I had never seen this. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you see that the dogs, their back legs don't work. So they got the little like wheelchair rolly thing. And that's perfectly normal. I've seen that. But this I had never seen before. The guy had this some sort of leash contraption with a harness to where the dog was being walked. The dog was only using its front two feet and basically its back hips were being held up by the leash. And so his legs are in the air. Like imagine you're doing the wheelbarrow as, you know, kids, the, the, the two-man wheelbarrow. And the dog was just looking very happy, just walking. And so I don't know if those prints would look any different than if you just had a regular dog, but it could be that sort of uh, beast, if you will. You never know what you're going to find. You got all sorts of crazy animals and critters here in Chicago. You got coyotes, you got squirrels, chipmunks, uh, cardinals, Albert Pujols, Adam Wainwright, Chris Carpenter, Matt Carpenter, Yadier Molina, Jim Edmonds. He's pretty famous on Bravo these days. You never know what you're going to find. Our final thing that I love, and I just I added this today because I just saw it, and I, I think it's spooky and it's fun, using caution tape as a Halloween decoration. As in, what there's some sort of spooky crime scene there. What kind of ghoul was murdered? You know, what witch's brew is happening inside here? What's going to happen if I, you know go past the caution tape like is there some sort of gargoyle that's going to come out and spook me i don't know you you don't know it's caution tape now there's a difference this is an interesting thing the last thing i'll share on the show today there's a difference between caution tape and police line do not cross tape but they look exactly the same they're both yellow with the black lettering and so i implore you uh, I-M-P-L-O-R-E, to really read between the lines. If it's police line, do not cross. You got to let the, the boys in blue conduct their official business. But if you got caution tape, you can really go wherever you want. Just exercise caution. I love that phrase, exercise caution. How, 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 where else do you get to use exercise as a, uh, there's got to be some official grammar term for this, right? But as a as a verb that has like a, a noun that's coming right after it. Usually you say like, oh, I'm going outside to exercise or I didn't exercise today. But in this case, you get to say exercise caution. You, there's not, what other phrases could you say? I exercised, I guess you could exercise restraint or exercise good judgment. But I feel like exercise caution is probably probably the most common. Guys, that's what I got for you. Those are some things that I love. Again, you can let us know what are the things that you love uh, in the comments. Thank you all for listening. You can find our show on Apple Podcast, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, you can always, of course, go to Beantown Podcast at yeah, or excuse me, uh, BeantownPodcast.com and go to the right-hand side to see our most recent podcast. Um, like us, uh, leave us a review, Stitcher, uh, Cast. Cast box wherever you find your podcast. I don't care. Spotify, we're on there. Uh, it's going to be interesting weekend because Taylor Swift just released her tenth album uh, uh, last night. So seeing how the Beantown podcast stacks up against that will be interesting. 
Okay, so to play us out, we have the Scott Joplin Searchlight Rag. Uh, I don't know uh, who played this or performed this. I want to give uh, kudos to them. Oh, I'm looking. So I'm on YouTube, and it says this is pulled from Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, which I played a lot of as a kid. And one of the comments that's heavily upvoted says, Merry-Go-Round 1 looks too intense for me, which would be one of the things that one of your... uh, park guests would sort of say in their thought bubble as they turn around because they're wimps. So I don't know what this is going to sound like. I'm just pulling this up, but uh, this is the searchlight rag. And everyone, I hope that you are staying safe. I hope that you are staying sane. And I'll check in on you next time for episode 250. Bye. Thank you.